Hey everyone, welcome back to the Westbridge Church Podcast. To learn more about Westbridge Church, including our service times, visit us online at westbridgedanville.com. This week's message comes from Pastor John McDougall, and we hope it encourages you to take your next step in your faith journey. Would you please join me in Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10. Ephesians 6, verse 10. This is the letter Paul is writing to the the, uh, Jesus followers in Ephesus. End of the letter. And this is what he says, verse 10. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in His mighty power. The posture that God calls us to live in is a posture of strength. It says, be strong in the Lord. This is not our strength, it's His strength, but He calls us to be strong in it. And what do we know about this strength as you look at this verse? Be strong in the Lord and in what kind of power? It says, mighty power. Over in Ephesians 1, uh, 17, 18, 19, He talks about praying that our eyes would be open to it, and it's the incomparably great power of God, the power that raised Christ from the dead. This is the power that we're to live in. This year, our theme has been follow me, um, answering the call of Jesus into a continuing surrender to his lead, but specifically follow me into where, where we hear him say, let's do some good, living out the life mission that God's called each one of us to. And two steps in, what do you, what do you learn? What do we realize as we seek to follow Jesus to do the good that he's called us to do? It's like pop. We face resistance, especially as we set out to do good. We understand we're not on a neutral playing field. We're on a battlefield. We're in a fight. A couple weeks ago, I heard Pastor Craig Groeschel tell just a great story of when his kid, one of his boys was little, and at that age, he loved to play in the playgrounds, and they were at a McDonald's, and the little boy must have finished his Happy Meal. He was ready to go hit that play. This was definitely pre-COVID when we could still play in those playgrounds. But he off, goes off to play, and this bully shoves him down for no reason. Just, and this little guy, is, his eyes fill up with anger, and he's ready to fight, and looks at his dad first, catches his dad's eye, and his Craig is just like, no, walk away. Just walk away. <laughs> and so he obeys his dad, walks away. Would you, that bully shoves him again. And now this kid's getting really mad. Smoke's coming out of his ears. And he's ready to go at this bully, but his dad looks at his dad, catches his eye, and again, the dad says, no, walk away, just walk away. Obediently, he does so. Well, would you believe a third time, this bully just follows this boy around, shoves him down again. Now, this time, the uh, he, tears are coming out, out of his son's eyes, and it is, Craig uh, puts the disclaimer on this. They're, they still argue to, to this day in his household, he and his wife, whether this was a parenting fail or a parenting win in, in what, how he responded. But he, as a dad, he's just like, what do I tell my son? This time the, his boy's looking at him, just begging him for, and uh, so Craig <laughs> took a deep breath and said, take him. <laughs> take him and his son obediently just lowers his shoulder charges his bully puts him up and body slams him and delivers the justice of the lord with with some authority 
And, and there is a time to throw a punch. And not in the physical realm, but in the spiritual realm. There's a time to throw a punch, to declare war, to, to say, I am done being shoved around by the enemy of my soul. It's time to stand strong and fight. Today, we are, uh, that's where we are. As a church family and as we begin this strong series, it's saying, okay, we have an enemy who is resisting us, and yet we have a power that's been given to us by God where the battle has been won and we can stand in victory and live in victory as we follow him, regardless of what the enemy of our soul brings our way. And so excited for where we're headed today. We'll, uh, the question, though, becomes, okay, how do we access this power? If he said, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power, how do we access this power? How do we live in it? Because it's not our power. We are weak enough ourselves. And that's where he goes on and says, okay, there's armor to put on. He said, verse 11, he shows us the access point. So he says, put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. How do we access the power of God? It's by putting on the armor that, that he provides Notice we're called to put on the full armor of God. He'll say this again, and the significance here is every piece of armor we're about to look at matters. So we're, we're to put on the full armor of God and say, well, how can we be so confident in this when, when our tough time comes and we're struggling to, to do what he's called us to do? Whose armor is this? Don't you love it? He says, put on the full armor of, this is God's armor. Like, this is divine a divine gift to us. There, there's no, the, the power here is unparalleled. And then the word that we see again and again, he says, so that you can take your stand. Three other times he'll say this, to stand. It's just this picture of not letting the enemy push us or influence us. He says uh, later you can stand against, stand, another time stand your ground, stand firm. But the calling of God is to stand in his power and what he's called us to here God has given us a window into really the playing field. He, at the end of verse 11, he says, so that you can stand against the devil's schemes, and it's literally his deceitful uh, strategies or scheming. And so what's important to note is behind the attack of every attack of our, the devil is a lie. And he is the deceiver, and he twists truth. He takes reality and gets us believing something that's not true about God or our life we're in ourselves and so he goes on in verse 12 giving us the picture of, of who we're up against he says for our struggle is not against flesh and blood so important especially when we're in interpersonal conflict to know the battle the enemy is not that person the enemy is the enemy who, who's influencing it says our struggle is against not against flesh and blood people but against the rulers against the authorities against the powers of this dark world and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. And so then Paul, with the enemy in clear view, he circles back to the big idea, the main point, the calling on our lives today. In verse 13, as he says, Therefore, put on or take up the full armor of God, so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground after you have done everything, meaning after you have put all these pieces on, you can stand. The day of evil, interesting there where he says when the, the day of evil comes, not if, but when. It's coming for all of us. And there's, you say, well, what exactly is this? I, I, 
most scholars feel this is just that uh, God letting us know that there, the intensity of our spiritual fight will ebb and flow. Often, I think, in those moments when we step into to the darkness to help somebody to do what God's called us to do, where the enemy has a stronghold, we're going to face some opposition in those moments. Um, and he's saying, in that time, we can stand, but we must be armored up. So the big idea is be strong in the Lord by putting on the, the armor of God. So be strong how? Armor up, armor up, armor up. And you may be thinking right now, John, is this really mandatory? Like, do I really need to be doing this? And I say this not to um, put fear on us or, or scare us in any way, but rather just help us awaken again to what God awakens us to reality, that we have a spiritual enemy who is powerful. He's real. He's powerful. And he's coming after you. It's not a matter of if. He is. And he's coming after your family to divide. He's coming after your reputation, your capacity to do good. He's coming after your, uh, your soul. And the, the good news is we can win this fight. We, we have nothing to fear and that we stand in the power of God, but we must access his power and apply his power through the armor that he's given us. So as you think about your battle today and where strength is needed as you do the good God's called you to do, what's the one fear that the enemy uses to paralyze you in the realm of doing good? Like where he's, God calls you to go do this and, and there's that fear that just, hits you and, and takes you out, paralyzes you. What, what's the one, or who is the one person in your life right now that you're struggling to love? And Scripture tells us, Ephesians 4, the devil lives in the grudge. In fact, he puts up a stronghold, a military stronghold in your soul where there is unresolved uh, bitterness or resentment towards a person. He lives in the grudge. It's why we have to forgive. So, where, um, who's the one person that you're struggling to forgive and love like Christ? And then the last question would be, where, what is the one temptation that repeatedly takes you out, is taking you out? It's a stronghold where uh, you're struggling to, to overcome this one area of your life. Scripture calls these idols, things that we value more than God to get whatever it is we want, you know, whether it be pleasure or success or status stuff, whatever that may be, but what's the one idol that the enemy, it's like you can be following God, but he slips that out there, and man, it's just a, a trip you up, and it's creating weakness in your spiritual life. Well, today, you guys, it's time to throw a punch, all right? God's given us his power, and we don't have to live in weakness or live in defeat. Rather, we have been called to live in the power of God. And this is the power that made this universe, sustains this universe at work in us. And I, I pray today that, that God will just open our eyes to what's been made available. And we won't feel strong. It's a, a step of faith. But when we step into it, there is power, divine power to help us overcome that fear, love that person, and defeat that temptation for the glory of God, so that we're strong to do the good that he's called us to do. And so, say, well, how do we get there? It's the, the answer is armor up. And what's neat here is Paul puts it in a picture, and he turns his bad situation into a, a helpful teaching moment for us, in that Paul, when he writes this, you know, he's in prison, chained to a Roman soldier. So he could have every opportunity for self-pity and, ah, woe is me. But, but he uh, writes a letter 
and he attaches spiritual armor to the pieces of this Roman soldier's armor that are helpful for us as we're out doing life where we can armor up in our everyday life. So we'll dig right in here. The uh, first piece we see is in verse 14, he says, stand firm then with the belt of truth buckled around your waist. And he starts with the belt significant because what is at the root of every deceptive strategy that the enemy hits us with? It's the lie. Truth combats that lie. It's what reframes reality to what really is and, and helps us navigate what we're going through. For the Roman soldier, the belt is what you, uh, you know, held everything together similar to our belts, but you'd hang your weapons on the belt. If your belt drops, you're, you're, everything's falling apart. Your tunic, they would tuck their uh, robes in so that they could move. It gave them mobility and stability. And isn't that true when we understand truth? gives us mobility, we, we can see which way to go, and stability. When the enemy threatens us and we get these, uh, these doubts and these lies, we're not given way, but rather we have stability to fight, to, con- to carry on. So this is where, say, so how do I put this on? What's the, whenever you're, we're struggling, so what's your one fear, for example? What, what would be the one fear that just takes you out? The way we put truth on is we say, okay, what's the lie behind that fear? What's the lie? And then we take truth and we aim it right at that lie. So for fear, this is an all-purpose truth that combats lie. It's Psalm chapter 32, verse 7, where David writes, You, speaking of God, you are my hiding place. You protect me from trouble and surround me with songs of deliverance. Isn't that awesome? This fear is threatening and you just come back to God. You are my, you are my hiding place. And, and you are where I, I am seeking protection. You protect me from trouble and surround me with songs of deliverance. And so we buckle on the belt of truth. The next piece of armor is the breastplate. It says, and with the uh, breastplate of righteousness in place. The breastplate is what guards our, our organs. It's that body armor that especially guards the heart. And spiritually, this is that idea of just... Uh, say, okay, what does it mean to put on the breastplate of righteousness? Righteousness, two things. One is understanding and believing that we stand in the righteousness of Christ. If you've come to faith in Jesus Christ, God is called imputed righteousness. God gives you the credit for the right life that Jesus lived. And we stand before God, not on our own righteousness or on our own right deeds, but on solely on the right life that Jesus lived. Isn't that cool? So why is this important? What's the devil do? He's the accuser. He comes at us and he says, ah, you're a failure. You're unworthy of God's love. And he gets us living in the doghouse of guilt rather than in the, the palace as a son or child of God. And, and this is the body armor that says, no, I don't, I'm not going to live in my guilt. Rather, when, when he accuses us, we say, you're right. I'm a failure and I'm not worthy but I stand not in my own worthiness but on the perfect performance of Jesus Christ by faith and then we also there's also the active side of it so that's receiving his righteousness but the active side is this resolve to say I will do what's right and the enemy says you can't I own you and we say yes I can because I'm no longer in bondage to you Romans chapter 6 I have a new master and I have the power I'm out from under the power of darkness and I can follow and do the right thing and so this is saying okay body up or armor on I'm going to do the right thing with the right heart and I love that picture of uh, 
uh, Joshua in the Old Testament, where that's the picture of putting on righteousness, where he just says to all of Israel, he goes, guys, choose, you choose which way you're going to go, follow God or not. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. And you just feel that resolve. That's what God calls us to as we armor up with, uh, with the breastplate of righteousness. And then the third piece of armor to put on is a neat one. It's the, uh, he says, and with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. So the, the, this is kind of vague a little bit, but when you see it, it's really cool in that he's, it's, in essence, putting on the sh- fighting shoes, feet fitted with readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In this context of, of soldier's gear, it's being ready to fight the good fight and make the move that God calls us to make as we follow him. The, uh, okay, when a soldier puts on, and for these Roman soldiers, they were often these uh, sandals that had cleats in them so they could hold their ground to stand and fight. When a soldier puts on fighting shoes, what's he getting ready to do? He's going to go fight. Think about in our life, when you put on your uh, hooping shoes, your basketball shoes, what are you going to go do? You're going to be, you're ready to go play basketball. You put on your walking shoes or your running shoes, you're ready to go walk, run. This is that idea of readiness that, and, and you say it comes from the, God. he says a readiness coming from the, uh, that comes from the gospel of peace. It's the idea that we understand, what's the gospel of peace? It's that Jesus came, took our sin upon himself, went to battle for us to end the war that we started. He won our peace on the cross, but how did he do it? It was action. It was movement. It was going to the cross, living the life, taking the body, shedding his blood. It was movement. It was action. Our warrior put on his shoes and went and fought. And here God is saying to us, as we go out, why does God give us armor? It's not just so that we can be safe. He's reminding us here, we're, we're not, it's not about our safety, it's about fighting the fight for souls who don't know him. It's about saying, okay, when somebody, when we're going about our everyday life and God nudges, hey, go share the good news, the gospel of peace with this person, that the war is over, that Jesus paid the price, that you can have hope, that we're boom, we're ready. Like, I'm waking up today, and when God says go, I'm going. And I'm here on the planet for really this one purpose is to help other people know him and follow him. And I'm in. Isn't that cool? The cool thought of armoring up. And, and so I uh, was thinking about Kyle. So thankful Kyle and Abby Fox and Mason are joining our church family today and staff. But when Kyle was in the interview process, he was sharing, God has gifted him with evangelism. And he was sharing a moment in high school where he wasn't... Um, he was super zealous, and sometimes our zeal, God has a way of helping us through that as, <laughs> as we go on. But there is something cool about the zeal of youth, isn't it, where we just do it. And this was one of those moments where when he came to Christ as a high, I think it was a sophomore, he was running from God. He came to God, and he, he was like, I want to share Jesus. He made the commitment, I'm going to share Jesus and the gospel with one person every day before I go to bed. And he did it. And, uh, but one night he tells this story <laughs> where he's laying in bed, it's like 11 o'clock at night, and he realized, oh, I didn't share Christ with anybody. So he put on the shoes, walks down to the uh, gas station, or drives down to the gas station, and 11 o'clock at night walks up to that 
uh, lady who's at the cash register, <laughs> and, and uh, un- she got hit by a, like, what in the world just hit me? But he, he went ahead and just shared the gospel with her. <laughs> and isn't that a cool picture, though, of uh, being willing? And uh, when God says go, I'm going. What's the enemy of our soul want to do? He wants to knock us off balance and definitely keep us from being engaged in the fight and helping others. And, and so this is where we armor up, put on those shoes ready to share the good news. And then the next piece of armor we see there in verse 16, he says, in addition to all this, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish the flaming arrows of the, of the evil one. The shield of faith is, that's in view here, it's not the, uh, like, a little shield that would just guard you as you fight, you don't, but it's rather that larger shield. It's, in Roman times, it was four foot by about two and a half foot, and you would basically raise this as you were getting, uh, as the arrows were being, in fiery arrows, they dip arrows in tar and then fire them, and uh, this was that shield that would protect you. In the movie 300, where this 300 Spartans, you know, fought courageously against the Persian Empire. There's a moment where the, uh, the Spartans are moving towards the, uh, the Persians, and the Persian leader shouts, a thousand nations of, per- of the Persian Empire will descend on you today. Our arrows will blot out the sun. But a young Spartan foot soldier, Stelios, shouts back, then we will fight in the shade. And sure enough, here come this volley of arrows that just do darken the sky but they all raise their shields together and ding 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 and they're safe as they fight in the shade what a great picture of how we fight our fight faith is believing that what God said it's true and he will do what he said and it's simply taking him at his word and when the enemy with all his lies and when circumstances even scream otherwise Faith is saying um, we raise a promise and we, we continue to fight. We rest in, in God's promises. So when your evil day comes and the fiery arrow is coming your way, how do you get through those moments? And we, we cling to the promise of God. We trust who he is and what he said to be true. When death takes a loved one and it's a dark dark day a dark valley we don't often understand why as to timing and we hurt we cry we're praying for the uh, Russell family today Lydia Russell's mom Michelle and Michelle's been battling cancer but it looks like within the next couple days she'll be home with home with the Lord but it's a, a valley season when sickness and disease sap your strength and I know today um, there are those of you who are at home watching online still in quarantine or battling sickness, and it's hard when our bodies are not where they, we, we wish they were. When, you have, when the job that you thought would be there and you were excited to have for long term, all of a sudden is gone, and you're wondering, now what, and how are we going to provide? When your marriage is struggling and it's out of your control and it's like, it's dark when your kids are going through a hard time and the heartbreak of even seeing your kids veer from God and, and uh, you pray for them, but right now there's a distance. You feel the darkness. A friend betrays you and you don't have that support around you or you're struggling with despair. 
this time of year as we head into January, February, there's just probably all of us will hit that just gloomy despair moment. What do we do in those moments? We raise the shield of faith. God is faithful. We trust him and we fight in the shade. And I love the way Psalm 18 verse 30 says, as for God, his way is perfect. The Lord's word is flawless and he shields all who take refuge in him. And then the the next piece of armor we see there in verse 17 says, and take up the helmet of salvation. This is the helmet of salvation. The helmet guards the mind, our thinking. And this is where it's so important that we preach the gospel to ourselves or remind ourselves, hey, who are we? And, and if you haven't come to faith in Jesus Christ, the invitation is open today to trust him as your savior. But if you have, who are you? And, and there should be one definition across our, the t-shirt of our lives, and that is saved. <laughs> I'm saved. I have been saved, forever forgiven, justified before God through Christ, solely on, on what he did for me at the cross. But I am being saved today, too. He's transforming me and remaking me, and one day I will be completely saved, body resurrected, soul made right. That's my destiny, and this is not my home. And I know we live here and we enjoy it here, but the reality is just passing through this place, temporary, just a blip on the timeline of eternity. So enemy, you try to get in my head, you try to get me sidetracked, uh-uh, I am a saved person. <laughs> and, and what happens when we remember we're saved? What happens? Joy. It's the joy of our salvation, and joy is the carbohydrate of our soul that fuels us to do the good God's called us to do. And nothing down here to be happy about at the moment. There will be times like this. But the joy of our salvation is our inheritance every moment that we're here. And it's so important we keep that helmet on. Don't let the enemy get, get to our head. I'm saved. And then the uh, last one, and, and this is so good because now we get to get offensive. Anybody else love playing offense? I mean, defense is fun, but <laughs> does anybody else, like, or do we have any, uh, let's see, how, who's a uh, tie man? Which defense or offense? What, what's your go-to? I know, and Ty's got it, I'm biased, I'm his uncle, but one of the best shots in Indiana. But uh, we like to score, to, or we like to make advance. It's one thing to play defense, but it's another to say, this is the only weapon in the whole arsenal that's offensive. And so, here we go. Take up the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. Interesting, this is... It's our offensive weapon, but it's not our weapon. This is actually a sword, someone else's sword. <laughs> it's the sword of the Spirit, Holy Spirit, and it's the Word of God. Power, most powerful force in the universe. When God speaks, it happens, and we, he says, all right, unsheath the sword. And it's not the Braveheart sword, the, the super long sword that you would uh, wave around, but rather it's the, um, just like a, foot to a couple foot dagger that you carry with you for hand-to-hand -hand combat when you can the sweat of the enemies you know spraying on your your face you're that close to to the enemy and you can make the death blow um, with this sword this dagger was double-sided or two-edged sharp penetrate the organs and, and this sword that God has given us is powerful to put a death blow to any lie that the enemy would send our way and so he says 
Um, take up the sword of the Spirit. Don't you love the, this is how Jesus taught us to fight, isn't it? They're in the temptations where how did he, the devil shows up and tempts him, tempts him with twisted truth every time. But what's Jesus say? It is written, it is written, it is written. And he uses the word of God to, uh, to defeat the enemy. When we unsheath the sword of the Spirit, the devil cannot stand um, that. That is our offensive. And what a gift God has given us. So this is why, as a church family, every week, you know, what, what we preach and what we seek to live in, and as we get in small groups, what we share with each other, it's his word, and we, we, we depend upon it. And this is why the, we do the disciple challenge as well. And it's really to get us into God's word. Several ways to do that. One is the one word challenge. And this is where we pick one word that we sense God wanting to grow us up in that area to be more like Christ. And we just focus on that word all year long. The, the value of this is the focus. It just keeps us coming back. But that one word is attached to a verse in scripture that gets really a swing in the sword. And just trusting God and, and uh, throughout the year with that. So what have you picked your one word yet would be the question. Today we really start the process. We have a whole week to pray about that. And the, hopefully by next Sunday we all have one word. And I was reading our one word board in back this morning and saw last year someone picked the word stand as their one word. And it was Ephesians 6.11. And I wonder, is that person here today? You got the person who has one word stand. It'd be cool to hear a report of what happened or uh, and someone else picked the word strength with I think similar passage but just being strong in the Lord anyone want to shout out your one word to give us an idea you've already settled in on it anybody hey it's early in the year we have time oh mine is mine this year is all and the uh the verse is Mark chapter 12 verse 30 and it's love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, all your strength, and with all your might. I want to focus on um, just the all, all in devotion to the Lord. But, and then the uh, <clears throat> weekly Bible reading. And this is a meta-narrative is the value of it. It's not to be the full diet for us of Scripture. But if you're going in a small group, it's a great template if you don't have anything else to go through. And it just takes you through the whole Bible, which is really helpful. And then the last part is the monthly theme verse. And what's neat about this is it's one verse that we focus on all month long. We share it as a church family, and it's also synced up with our preaching calendar. So hopefully what we're going through here in teaching on Sundays is syncing up with that. And, uh, and for example, the January's is Ephesians chapter 6, verses 10 and 11, which is be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. So would you be willing to do this? Guys in, challenge, here we go, 2021. This is how we swing the sword. And one way we do as a church family. I, I go through a Bible about every decade being in ministry um, and out and about in youth ministry. I went through two per decade due to taking this out in the uh, camping trips and all those types of things. But I keep my older Bibles just to, and I'm in a new Bible now. And this, because it's a little larger, it's large print, I'm, I'm struggling to read these small words, so hopefully that will get me down the road a ways, but this is my first Bible, and I treasure this. My mom and dad gave it to me, my first big boy Bible. The, I, one day I was sitting at my grandma's table, kitchen table, and 
her Bible was precious to her, and she had this written in the front of her Bible, so I wrote it down in mine. It said this, never think of, never think or say this book contains the Word of God. It is the Word of God. It is supernatural in origin, eternal in duration, divine in authorship, inexpressible in value, infinite in scope, regenerative in power, infallible in authority, universal in interest, personal in application, and inspired in totality. Read it through. Write it down. Pray it in. Pass it on. Feast on it. And live it out. And we could say swing it as the word of God. Powerful in this fight. All right. The uh, moving on. And this last part is really where it gets uh, it gets sweet. Because you think about, we're in this fight, we've got all this armor on, but here it's as if God is just saying, hey guys, don't forget that I'm with you in the fight. And so let's be talking as you fight. And just as you go about this, let's be talking. And that's prayer in verse 18. He says, and pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. And with this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the Lord's people. What's it mean to pray in the Spirit? This means praying, um, even as we pray, listening to what the Holy Spirit inside of us is, is saying to us. And he will often nudge us to pray for a certain person or to pray a certain way or to pray some scripture or pray for this or pray for that. And so to be sensitive to Holy Spirit, where are you leading me to pray? Sometimes as we pray, you just stop and listen. And he will make an impression upon us and then we pray, whatever it is that, that he's, uh, sometimes we don't know how to pray and we just, we, Romans 8 says he prays for us. He, our, we just groan and he takes those groans and, and uh, goes to the Father on our behalf. On all occasions, love that, just all the time, all kinds of prayers, thanksgiving, praise, intercession, prayers of confession, whatever that may be. But it's interesting, he says, be alert as we pray. It's that picture of a soldier looking out at the battlefield. Who's, who's getting hit right now? And we lay down some prayer cover. I think about yesterday morning. I got hit with fear yesterday morning and uh, was able to text out to a group of brothers just say, hey, could you pray for me? Pray for our family. Pray. And they laid down cover. And I, it, the fear was lifted by the evening. But uh, we need that, don't we? Who in your life needs prayer? And Paul even says, pray for me. You think this guy surely doesn't need prayer. Pray for me that I would be bold as I share, share my faith. And so, really neat thing we get to do for each other, isn't it? As we fight on, on each other's behalf. The, uh, so, bringing it all together. I don't know if you felt this with what we've just been through with 2020, but it's almost felt like a bit of a disorienting year where I would say, as I come up into 2021, I'm definitely not like on my toes ready to charge <laughs> it, it felt more like I'm on my heels a little bit or even I'm laying down on the ground just in terms of uh, equilibrium and just having that uh, okay here we go but as I lived in this truth this week it almost felt like the Lord reaching down you know in a football game when somebody gets tackled and the players come along and lift them back up I feel like this text was the Lord lifting up lifting me but also lifting us as a church family saying all right I'll back up on your feet. Be strong in the Lord and in my mighty power. And, and just uh, reminding us that 
yeah, we're in a fight, and yeah, we are weak in and of ourselves. But the power that made all that is, the power that sustains all that is, is yours. Live in that. And you're not going to feel it. You're not going to feel strong in yourself. That's okay. When we're weak, we're strong. But know this to your core. When you step, I've got you. And I've given you this armor. Armor up, armor up, armor up. It's my armor to do, to do battle in a way that no force of darkness will stand in your way. Isn't that awesome? So what is your one fear? Keep pushing you over, shoving you, bullying you through life. Today it's time to throw a punch. To be strong in the Lord and in His mighty power and say, not listening anymore. I'm stepping out and I'm going to walk right through you, armored up, swinging some word of God as I go. What is the one, who is the one person you're struggling to love? The devil lives in the grudge. And as long as you refuse to forgive them and bitterness gets in your soul, he will take you down. Pull the shades on the joy, pull the shades on the peace, and he will make a mess of your soul. Bitterness creates a toxic poison which will hurt you and hurt the people you love the most. Today, it's time to throw a punch. Revival starts with forgiveness. Love them to the cross. You can't, says the enemy, say, no, nah, the one I follow did and calls me to do the same. Therefore, I'm going to step out and love that person. Today's fighting time. And then last, what's the one temptation that the enemy sticks it out there like that stick that just trips you? Keep falling to it and been living defeated. And today it's time to say, all right, I'm going to, I'm going to fight. And when I fail... If I do fail, I will seek forgiveness, but I'm going to get back in the fight, do whatever it takes. Today it's time to throw a punch. Amen? Amen. Would you join me in prayer? Father, I thank you for your word that uh, helps us see reality, gives us hope here on the battlefield. And I thank you for your word today and just the confidence that we can have, the incomparably great power that's available to us as we Rest in that and armor up as we follow you. Thank you for just this chance this morning, Lord, to, to gather as brothers and sisters. And I just lift up each of my brothers and sisters here today, God, and pray that you would just help us all. Help us to battle the fear, to love as you love, and to defeat the temptation that, that we we're battling in your power so that we might go do the good that you've called us to do. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. If you were encouraged by today's talk and believe it would be helpful for others, please be sure to subscribe or share. To experience other messages or find helpful resources, visit us online at westbridgedanville.com.